get for all it's worth. A good omen's Podvik, written by the wolf and read by Jarp. This is part two of the Garden of Delights series. Summary A bit of a bastard is back at the sex club for more consensual non-consent, and a familiar serpent is ready to be trussed up and cultivated. When Aziraphale steps into the small of the rotunda, the poor darling he's to cultivate is yanking against their restraints and breathing harsh through their nose as they shout muffled invectives through the silky gag covering their mouth. The ripening sling they are suspended in sways in sinuous arcs as they thrash, and Aziraphale is put in mind of a furious snake writhing without traction, helpless on silk sheets. He clucks his tongue loudly and makes a fretful humming noise to announce his presence before he quickly approaches and lays a calming hand on their belly. Oh, good lord, that brute of a handler left you in a state, didn't he? He croons, pitching his voice soft and soothing. The tribute's head snaps towards him even as they try to curl away from his hand. Between the gag and the rafter hood covering the majority of the head, their rather hawkish handsome nose is the only feature Xerophil can make out clearly. I've told them time and again, a gentle approach is best for this sort of thing, he goes on. He keeps one hand on their belly, rubbing firmly, and the loosely tied ribbons holding close the flannel bodysuit they are swaddled in catch under his fingers. With his other hand, he reaches up to cradle their cheek in his palm. They jerk away, writhe even harder, but there's nowhere to go with how securely pinioned they are in the sling, limbs spread aloft for ease of access, and at angles that should be easy to maintain for the time it will take to properly cultivate them. The handler did that much of their job correctly, at least. He checks the digital display for notes on how best to draw them out and gasps in delight. Oh, you're new, he coos. No wonder they assigned you to me. Now, don't you worry a hair on your lovely head. Well, I assume it's lovely under there. I will take very good care of you. I am very thorough. We'll figure out what gets you to produce quality orgasms to power the conclave in short order and get it properly documented so that all your future handlers and cultivators will know the best way to make you try. They roar behind the gag and buck violently in the sling. Their limbs strain and thrash within the limited range of motion afforded them, and Aziraphale has a brief worry that, even with as secure as they are held, with that much limb they might just figure out how to do themselves an injury. 
He ducks closer and hooks a firm arm around their waist to pin them to his side. Soothing nonsense and shushing noises fall automatically from his lips as he throws his thumb up and down the blade of their nose. There, there, my dear. I know it must be difficult adjusting to your new home, but in time you'll settle in and see what a luxurious life it can be if you embrace it. He continues to pat at their face with beatific patience and waits for them to try themselves out. He hums a bright concerto under his breath as they huff and puff and squirm in place. His hand follows doggedly with every twist of their neck to keep up the steady, soothing touch, trusting the relentless, implacable gentleness to do its work in time. He's only reached the second movement by the time they start to flag, just bellowing and sweat from their exertions, beating on their brow and dampening their collar of the soft flannel suit. He's looking forward to peeling it open later, when they get to work properly. But until he can be certain their blood will be up consistently enough to keep them warm, he won't run the risk of exposing them to the chill air. There we are, he murmurs as they finally come, if only out of lack of anything more productive to do in their situation. I think we can get started now. I'll start simple, since you're still new to this. Let's check for your major erogenous zones, shall we? They hiss at him through the gag and jerk and twitch under his touch as he begins sweeping his hands over their body, searching for where and what sort of touches make them squirm. The inner elbows and behind the knees don't elicit much response, but a light touch over the neck makes them shiver despite themselves. The inner thighs, arch of their feet and jutting points of their hip bones all get incriminating twitches as well. Beautiful, he praises. Very responsive. And now the more obvious spots, my dear. Brace yourself. Even saying so, he teases a bit, tracing the outer edges of their ribcage through the soft flannel, fluttering his fingertips over the sides of their tits where they swell, tempting and sweet on their chest. Their nipples are beginning to stiffen. Oh, hello there, he breathes and circles the pat of a finger against the tip of each peak, coaxing them fatter and stiffer with feathering touches that must be absolutely maddening through the flannel fabric. They gasp behind the gag and attempt to shrink away, but she pursues the attempted retreat pitilessly and continues to rub just the tip of their nipples in a persistent tease. Very good, my dear. Top marks, he praises and finally pulls away. They twitch upward, almost looking like they're chasing his hands, before grunting and rolling their head around on their neck restlessly. He smiles to himself, 
but doesn't call them out. It's a little too soon for that, he thinks. They would probably only dig in their heels. No, he'll wait to break it to them how much they'll come to not just enjoy, but beg for his expert touch. It's his speciality, to get the fractious ones so caught up in sensation, despite themselves, that they have no choice but to break apart. Then he reaches back and hovers his cupped hands over their mons, close enough for them to sense without actually touching. And how about here, hmm? But down just bumps the heel of his hand against the sensitive crux of their outer labia, and tipping upwards has his fingertips feathering where the flannel dips inward, already a little damp. Oh, he pretends, pleasant surprise. Are you trying to direct where test first? Do let me know if you have a preference. Instantly they stir, grunting and growling under the muffling effect of the gag and clenching their hands in impotent fists. Aziraphale tusks. Well, always better to start south, so you can bring the moisture north, don't you think? There isn't a proper snap holding the bodysuit together at the crotch, just a tucked-in fold of fabric that runs from belly button to lower back. It's the work of a moment to slip a finger inside and circle it lightly over where they're boiling hot and tellingly wet. He presses teasingly and hums disapprovingly when he realizes they've clenched down tight against intrusion. Still, there's enough slick to gather onto a fingertip and drag upward and repeat the same circling motion around the nub of their clit, the touch made slippery with their own bodies betraying signs of arousal. How's that? he asks quietly and switches from circling indirectly to tapping softly to dragging a fingertip upward, firm and insistent, to draw back the hood before starting all over again. Any touch in particular you like best? This will be much more enjoyable for you if you cooperate. They've given up being still and are once again trying to slither away. A firm grip on the side of the sling with his free hand renders the strategy largely ineffective. Let's see, shall we? He quickly dips his finger downward and presses at the entrance again. They gasp and clench down again, but he clearly surprised them, so all he managed to do is trap him at the first knuckle. He's worked with less before. Here, then, he asks and begins flexing his finger, fondling them from the inside with just the tip. It's not far enough in to reach the spongy underside of their clit, but likely close enough to elicit all sorts of deliciously tantalizing sensations and anticipation. They howl behind the gag and buck their hips in ardent denial, 
and Josiraphale withdraws easily, not wanting to accidentally hurt them. The tendons along the sides of their neck stand out in sharp relief. Their body is one long, lithe line of furious tension. The bodysuit is a snug fit, and Aziraphale admires the way his charger's wiry muscles shift underneath the soft fabric where they strain. Oh, you are quite the specimen, he breathes, letting his honest admiration bleed into his tone. His answer is a muffled shriek of outrage and the sight of a knee thumping into her side, but the tethers that keep their thighs supported and help spread render the gesture impotent. Elziraphil gives them a disapproving cluck of his tongue and firm pat on their flank for their misbehavior. There now, you really should learn to take a compliment. You do seem quite intent on being difficult. He steps back from the cradle of their splayed legs and over to the side of the rotunda stall where a plastic bucket of goodies awaits. No matter, I know just how to get you opened up and ready for the cultivation process. He finds the short, fat dildo first. It's one of the garden's standard issue, tucked in a sterilization bag, neatly labeled, with the toy's use statistics, cleaning lock, anticipated date of retirement, barring any unduly rough use, and for vaginal use only, emblazoned in eye-searingly neon red, bold face font. Next is the harness, secured in its own bag. He's pleased to note the modifications he'd asked for have been deftly executed. It's a standard padded nylon belt with attachments to hold a vibrator in place with extreme prejudice. However, where typically there would be adjustable length stiff straps, this has thick elastic suspenders connecting the o-ring to the waistband. And finally, a fresh bottle of lubricant. Here we are, my dear, just a thing, he says cheerfully, and bustles back over with his armful of delicious torture implements. I only have so many hands, you know, and those of us so equipped are strictly forbidden from using our mm, built-in penetration implement, shall we say, so one must get creative when handling an obstreperous tribute. He starts to giggle and at the last minute remembers to drop it into a dark chuckle. He has a role to maintain after all. Now hold still, unless you want the belt to end up too tight. And there we are, nice and snug. Do let me know if it pinches. He looks over at the display screen on the wall to reassure himself and then turns back. He takes a moment to rub reassuring circles low over the abdomen in the sand space between the bottom of the waistband and their mons. Okay, so here's what's going to happen now. 
I have a lovely little friend here, ready to fill you right up. But given your reluctance to cooperate, we are going to take a bit of a novel approach. I do want you to feel as though you're contributing. We're in this together, after all, for the good of the conclave. So, I'm going to get this slicked up and into the ready position, but you'll be in control of how quickly it goes in. Isn't that nice? When you're ready, all you have to do is relax, and it will slip right in. Unsurprisingly, this admittedly disingenuous presentation of the circumstances is met with less than enthusiasm. Undaunted, Aziraphale shimmies back between their legs to get started. Fitting the flared base into the o-ring and lubing the dildo up isn't a struggle, but the bucking and squirming presents a challenge to getting everything fitted into place without accidentally stabbing one or both of them with a silicone fake cockhead. With a half of impatience, Aziraphale presses tight into the V of their legs and wraps one arm firmly around their hips to keep them in place. See here, you squirmy thing. This is going to happen, and you can either accept that with grace or continue this little tantrum and risk doing yourself an injury. But I will say, the more you flail about, the less control you will have over your pelvic floor muscles, and the faster this cheeky little thing will go in. Do with that information what you will. The warning hits its mark, and with a groaning shriek, they still underneath his hold, save for the continued bellowing of their lungs and restless grip and release of their hands, around one of the straps holding their arms outstretched and the spotlight signal remote, respectively. There, was that so difficult? Aziraphale coos, not without irony, and caresses their flank to further demonstrate his approval. Even with them finally held still, it's tricky business to hold the dildo in position with just the tip pressing wet and insistent against their opening while getting the straps hooked between the waistband and the o-ring. The tuck of the elastic isn't unforgiving, but it is unrelenting. Even just letting the base go is enough pressure for the head to slip in a solid half-inch before they shout behind the gag and clench down with trembling effort. Aziraphale almost feels sorry for them. The straps only allow them to close their legs so far, which puts them at a distinct disadvantage in keeping their muscles flexed tight enough to hold the root intrusion at bay. Already he can see the fine tremor of effort spreading out from their hips, and their breathing is getting shallower, more panicked, as the futility of their resistance must be hitting them. Time for a fiendish distraction to help things along. There, whenever you're ready, you can let it right on in. 
He purrs and drags his hands firmly over their body as he backs out from between their legs and circles around to stand behind them. He steps in close enough for the back of the head to butt up against his chest, just below the clavicle. He drops his voice a little lower, so they'll be sure to feel the rumble of it when he says, What say we resume work on your erogenous zones while we wait, hmm? A whistling sound of despair ekes out around the edges of the gag, but they hold stubbornly still. All their concentration is clearly focused on staying clenched tight against the pressure of the dildo. Aziraphale brings his arms up and over their shoulders and splays his hands wide over the sides of their ribcage. He flexes his fingertips to pull the flannel bodysuit taut over their chest and tucks it incrementally back and forth. The buttons holding it close down the center strain almost as much as the pebbled points of their nipples, standing erect and dark through the pale fabric. The way their nipples are pulled this way and that with every tuck he makes on the fabric is mesmerizing, as are the desperate little noises his difficult tribute is making. Their trembling is almost full body now. And then, suddenly, they make an awful punched-out sound and attempt to curl in on themselves. A slight crane of the neck confirms what Aziraphale suspects. Oh, another inch! Well done, darling! How about another, hmm? Do you think you could do that for me? Here, let me help. He slides his hands in and scratches gently at the outer edges of the areolas. When that gets him a bit of sob, he chuckles and presses an affectionate kiss to the hot-covered crown of the hat. Is it really so bad? He croons. With all the care of grasping the handle of his best china teacup, he takes a nipple each between thumb and forefinger and plucks. The sound they make is guttural and devastated, and they jerk and freeze again with wheezing puffs of air through their nose. Why don't you just relax, darling? He urges and dips his fingertips into the gaping spaces between the buttons holding the bodysuit closed and strokes deliciously soft skin, dewy with sweat. Let yourself enjoy this. He presses another kiss to their temple and drags the tip of his nose down the side of their face until his mouth is right next to their ear. Dark red hair, frizzled and curled, peeks out from the edges of the cutout in the hood, and Aziraphale is unaccountably charmed by the color. He cheekily blows a stream of cool air into the shell of their ear as he flicks open enough buttons to draw back the edges of the bodysuit and expose their tits to the cool air of the room. 
They jerk their head away on instinct, and to see or feel as mildly disappointed, it isn't enough movement to jostle in another inch of silicone cock. Look at you, he murmurs directly into their ear, even as his gaze is captured inexorably by the soft mounds of their tits, finally bared nipples fur tight with an unforgiving combination of cold and arousal and desperation. So lovely! I could play with you all day. They wouldn't let me, most a pity. We're on a timetable, which means, at a certain point, if you won't give me your orgasms, I'll just have to take them. And that's not nearly as fun for you. I'll enjoy myself immensely either way, as if you give yourself over to the pleasure. To me. I'll take such good care of you if you'll just give in. This close, even with the muffling of the gag, he can hear the distinctive fuck off they snarl in response. He tusks and grabs their bare tits in his hot palms and squeezes playfully. Now, there's no call for that sort of language, he admonishes. He switches rapidly between rubbing at their nipples and plucking them between his fingers, humming in satisfaction as they start cursing him more, at volume and with increasing shrillness. And then, in an absolutely dirty pool move, he takes the lobe of their ear between his teeth and tucks. The assault of sensation proves too much, and they back up in the sling, shudder, and then moan long and furious as the dildo slides into the hilt. There we are, Xerophil praises, and continues playing with the nipples, occasionally sweeping a hand up or down to tease at other sensitive spots he discovered earlier on their neck and slow on their belly. We can get properly started now, can't we? Do you think you could come just from this? From me plucking at your pretty tits, hmm? A particularly desperate noise escapes them, and Aziraphale feels a hot flash of desire streak through him. Not that he's been indifferent to this point, but now they're deep into the scene and she's founding his groove. The visceral satisfaction of having his partner completely in the palm of his firm hand at his brutal mercy is getting his blood up in a way no other type of encounter does. The knowledge is inspiring. You know, he says conversationally as they squirm and writhe beneath him, now that there's no reason to keep still, they've resumed their impression of an angry snake. We're not supposed to indulge when doing this work. All pleasure should be cultivated and extracted from the tribute, and only the tribute. That means hence only, and only when an intermediary, like our fat little friend stuffing you up right now, can't achieve the same end. 
But you see, I can be a bit naughty sometimes. I already get stern looks for how much nibble play I like to subject my tributes to, but with the results I command, the conclave is willing to turn a blind eye. But sometimes I'll get a gorgeous specimen like yourself, and I can't resist. I have to use my mouth. They sound like a tea kettle now, but Aziraphale magnanimously overlooks it in favor of ducking back around to stand at their side. Their nipples are swollen and dark against the high flush that's bloomed across their chest. They look good enough to eat, and he licks his lips in anticipation. You won't tell, will you? he asks with a little moo. Not that anyone would believe you, and I promise you'll enjoy it ever so much. He has to take them in firm hand by the ribcage to keep them still enough to avoid getting his nose smashed, but their breasts are small enough that he doesn't need any help with maneuvering. He's able to slurp practically the whole of one into his mouth in one go, much to their vocal objection. He works his tongue over the nipple from the inside and then backs off enough to take just the tip between his lips and suck hard. They howl above him and thrash, but he simply catches them lightly between his teeth and flicks the tip with his tongue. The howls increase in volume, but they are developing an edge of desperation that speaks more to frustrated arousal than anything else. He takes them in as far as he can, threatening playfully to bite down, just to hear them squeak and freeze in terror, before slurping back off with a final punishing suck at the nipper. Not enough to get off, hmm? He guesses, sounding breathless in his own ears. At some point he's gone rock hard in his trousers, and he shifts his hips restlessly. Oh, but I can't leave the work half finished. The other would get jealous, I'm sure. They gobble what he assumes is a string of insults behind the gag, as he circles around to the other side, so he decides to get a bit cheeky. When he gets into place, he reaches down to toy with the end of the dildo. This isn't doing much work, is it? Even with the generous amount of loop he'd used earlier, there's a shocking amount of wetness sweeping out from around the edges and dampening the surrounding flannel. Would you like another try at holding it off? He asks, and draws it out until just the tip remains again. You're so much wetter now, I'm not sure you'll be able to. But they're rolling their head on their neck like a fractious horse again and clenching down, ready to defy him. Aziraphale lets himself grin. They don't last thirty seconds once he begins torturing the other breast 
Before their groaning and shuddering in defeat, the dildo again stuffing them full. It takes a little creative maneuvering, because they immediately begin trying to fight him once he lets go of their torso with one hand, but he's able to hug them in place with one arm to continue lapping and suckling on their tit unobstructed, while he uses the other to draw back the dildo by varying inches and let it slap back into place with a snap of the elastic bands. Their fighting begins to taper off, their breathing getting suspiciously deep, and moans lower, before he's quite done with the second breast, and he pulls off and away, just in case they're truly getting close. A little bit of etching will only make the first orgasm that much more devastating. They whimper for a moment, but then seem to recall themselves and rally, resuming a spitting litany of no doubt heinous abuse behind the gag. Let's move on to the main event now, he suggests, and gives their nipple a last cheeky kiss, before hobbling around the discomfort of his erection back over to the top of goodies. He rummages through the packages until he finds a vibrating anal plug and a fingertip vibrator. They move restlessly in a sling as he drags over a pair of stools, positions them between their legs and then sits and makes himself comfortable chest high with their crotch. What's the matter, my dear? he asks as he opens the various packages and gets his tools arranged just so on the second stool. Well within reach, but out of limb-flailing range. Oh, I see. It was rather mean-spirited of me to get you so worked up without release, wasn't it? Here, shall I put you out of your misery? It shouldn't take much, I imagine. He drips a generous glob of lubricant directly onto their clit and bites back a smirk when they yelp and flinch. Then he slips on the finger vibrator, clicks it on to its lowest setting and feathers it just over their clit, letting the loop conduct the vibration for him. He puts his other hand to work rocking the dildo up and in, setting a grinding tempo that, paired with a gentle vibration, should build their orgasm in a steadily cresting wave. They attempt to squirm away again before realizing he's maneuvered them into another pretty predicament. Any motion of the swing intensifies the grinding, and twisting the hips only brings the vibrator into more direct contact with the clad. Trying to hurry things along, are you? He gently taunts. No need to work yourself into a lather, darling. Just relax and let this one come to you, nice and easy. You really should be saving your strength for later. They whine and groan and refuse to keep still, desperately contorting themselves within the strict limits of the sling and straps to try to get away. Aziraphale patiently follows every move, 
working to keep the pressure and pleasure as evenly meted out as possible, so it will build as evenly and inescapably as a freight train bearing down on them. Their pretty tits are still flushed and glistening damp from his earlier work, and the fabric of the bodysuit is sticking and dark in patches against their skin as they sweat from both exertion and arousal. Their labia are steadily plumping up, the already rosy hue deepening with every passing minute. And it's not long before their thrashing grows more frantic, the groaning slipping up in register to strident mounts. There we are, Aziophil says, pitching his voice soothing and warm. Almost there. Just a bit more. Let it happen. Let it... Oh, there, there. Lovely. Just lovely. Look at you. So perfectly sweet and wanton. You put up a pretty protest, but your body knows what it likes, and it gives you away. Gorgeous. The next moan breaks on a muffled sob, and she takes pity on them, removing the vibrator and shifting his hands to stroke them long and firm along their thighs, like he's calming a spooked animal. They kick weakly, not even seeming to aim at him, just in general protest, but he lets it slide without comment. He sets to the fiddly work of working the flared base of the dildo out of the o-ring without dislodging it from where it's still buried deep in their flushed, tripping cunt. His mouth waters as he works. It's difficult to keep focus when all he wants to do is lick them from stem to stern and treat their puffy clit to the same torture he put their nipples to not too long ago. His cock throbs, neglected in his trousers, and he firmly shifts his mind and gaze away to the next task. The trick to multiple orgasms is to find novel ways to incite and stoke arousal without overstimulating any one spot in particular. Oh, overstimulation has its place, of course, but I prefer to keep my tributes begging for me to keep going rather than to stop for as long as possible. We all have our own methods and specialities, the cultivators, I mean. So we're going to add a new element. Isn't that exciting? He fits the base of the anal plug into the o-ring and coats it with loop until it's nearly dripping. Then he pulls back on the elastic straps like drawing an arrow and aims the tip at the furled hole just south of where his tribute is already stuffed full. I'll ask you to bear down, please. I don't wish for this to hurt, he says politely, as he uses his free hand to spread their ass cheeks far enough apart to clear the way to his target. They shriek and protest and squirm and fight, and it's all a zero fear can do to keep everything in place. Oh, good lord! 
not, he growls us. There's no need for such a fuss. Haven't you learned your lesson by now? This doesn't have to be so difficult. Once he has the tip of the plug snuck against the entrance, he shifts his grip up so he's holding the plug around the middle to keep it in place. Then he surges to his feet, loops an arm around their waist and hoists them up tight against his chest. The effect is not unlike a lift in a particularly perverse dance. He has them pinned against him, the plug poised and ready to press in. Now, he says on a half of breath, this is how this is going to go. I'm going to slowly start to let go of the toy, and you're going to bear down and let it in. If you behave, I'll control how fast it goes in, so there's no discomfort. If you don't, I'll let you hoist yourself by your own petard, so to speak. Are we clear? They're clenching their jaws so hard, Aziraphale can hear their teeth grind, and there's an awful grating noise boiling deep in their throat, but they go tellingly limp in his arms otherwise. Wonderful! I'm so glad you've decided to see reason. All right, now, brace yourself. Here it comes. He loosens his grip by increments and lets the elastic begin to do its work. For all his posturing, however, he watches their face closely as they punch and swear in muffled bursts behind the gag as they, apparently, bear down and let the plug ease centimeter by careful centimeter into their body. At the first sight of true pain, he'll stop the process and reassess. A quick glance at the digital screen assures him that they are still on track otherwise. It takes what feels like an age, and a pause for him to bend awkwardly to fetch and reapply more loop, but eventually the plug bottoms out. Well done, he breathes, and indulges them both with a quick press of his lips against the damp part of the gag over their mouth. You have such potential, my dear. A few more sessions, and I'm sure you'll be just the sweetest thing. Perhaps well-behaved enough not to need the gag and hood even. Would you like that? Of course you would. I'll bet you positively sing when you aren't muscled. He resituates them with adoring little touches and loving pats until they are once again splayed open before him in the spleng. He settles back down onto the stool and begins teasing and tugging lightly at the ends of the toys, keeping them stuffed full. Do you know, I think we both deserve a reward after such an ordeal. I should, by all rights, go back to the vibrator for this next one, but I think oral is so much nicer, don't you? And much less chance of getting you overstimulated. Yes, that sounds like just the ticket. A nice, soothing orgasm for you, and a scrumptious mouthful for me. 
I have a touch of an aura fixation, if you haven't already noticed. And it's been such a chore keeping my mouth to myself with your lovely Cunny looking so delectable. Just remember, it's our little secret. They are still worn out from taking the plug, so it takes them a bit longer to connect the dots about what's about to come. Which means he has them pulled in by the hips before they've even had a moment to take in a breath for protest, and by the time the first alarm sound leaves their throat, he's already dived in, and it cuts off with a garbled moan. They are hot and slick under his tongue. Their clit a landmark he keeps coming back to as he wends his way around their cunt, suckling on their inner labia, probing at the seam between the dildo and their wet hole, and generally lapping all over like he's savoring the inner dip of a caramel-dipped dessert spoon. They are sobbing and shaking within minutes, and he ups the ante by slowly rocking the dildo in and out of their swollen cunt as he works them over. It's heady, feeling them starting to fall apart on his mouth. It's one of his favorite ways to give pleasure precisely because of how visceral it is. But the longer he suckles and laves and taps at them, the harder it becomes to ignore his erection, still pitifully stifled in his trousers. He eases them over the edge of another orgasm, and it feels like every muffled moan causes his cock to throb in sympathy. When he can feel them starting to flinch away from his mouth, he turns his head, rips open the buttoned seam of the bodysuit that runs along the inner thigh, and fixes his mouth there to suck a desperate hickey into their skin, while he presses the heel of his hand to his own crotch for a bit of relief. After a moment, when he isn't feeling quite so ready to fly apart, he groans and presses his forehead against their damp skin. You're simply too tempting, he pants. I shouldn't be touching you like this, but I can't seem to help myself. I feel I'm going mad. He can't help the way his hands reach for them, knead at the wiry muscles tense beneath the flannel bodysuit. He peppers kisses along what skin is exposed to him, until he's reached their flushed cunt again. When he stretches his jaw wide enough, he can fit almost the entirety of their mons within his mouth, so he does, and he sighs along and heavy through his nose as he presses the flat of his tongue against them just to savor. His cock throbs in time with his heartbeat, and he channels the rhythm into barely their undulations of his tongue against the slick heat of their vulva as he fumbles open more buttons to find more damp skin covered in soft hair. They hold preternaturally still beneath his mouth, his hands, as he takes comfort and regains his control from their body. 
There's no encouragement, no softening to his touch. But they aren't actively fighting him either, which he decides to chalk up as a win. When he's able to think beyond the throbbing of his cock again, he presses a grateful kiss to their clit and pushes himself to his feet, bracing himself on the hips as he does so. How enchanting you are, he exclaims, sounding not a little wrecked on his own ears. I wonder if the conclave would let me keep you. Would you like that, to belong just to me? I would treat you so well. He withdraws his hands from the bodysuit so he can undo the remaining buttons hiding the rest of their torso from him. They shiver when he brushes the fabric away. Are you cold? He asks, solicitous to a fold, and drags his palms down over the length of their chest, belly, hips, to grip them by the thighs and pull them tight against him. He sucks in a shuddering breath as his crotch is blessed with heat and pressure at once, as well as a renewed surge of wriggling, as they must register what the new stiffness they're feeling is, and dredge up some new objection. Shh, shh, none of that, he murmurs, and curls his body over them, adjusting his stance so his cock is lined up perfectly with their cunt, separated only by the soft linens and cottons of his clothing, which are quickly becoming damp, even with the dildo still plugging them up. Haven't I proved to you yet that I know exactly how to take care of you? That while I may be firm, I can be quite kind as well. He fits the curve of his belly to theirs and caresses the sides of their ribcage. I would keep you in such comfort, such pleasure, my darling, he promises, and dips his head to nuzzle at the sharp jut of their collarbones and drop a series of delicate kisses. When you were good, I take the gag and hood off of you, so you could thank me properly for everything I would do for you. Because, oh my dear, I would do so much for you, he says, voice snagging and breaking over the words with how deep into his chest they've sunk. He can't help grinding against them just a bit at the fantasy of it. I'd line your cultivation sling with silks, fit you with furred calves, dress you in the finest robes that would keep you toasty and comfortable and positively gorgeous until it was time to unwrap you and milk you each day. They are trembling beneath him now, and he wraps his arms around them fully to hug them close. He drags his mouth up to their neck and licks and nibbles delicately at the places that made them shiver earlier when touched. A punched-out moan escapes them, and they jerk fitfully in his arms. He simply grinds against them more firmly, blows a stream of air across the saliva-thick patches he's creating on their neck. Shall I show you? He whispers. 
what it would be like if you didn't have to suffer the touch of just any cultivator, but could rely only on my mercy. I think that let me have you fully then. Let me take you like a real lover. Fill you up with whatever part of me I wished. He shifts a hand down to cup them by the ass through the sling and press them up against his cock. It's starting to throb again as he grows lightheaded with his own imaginings. They growl and flay their limbs in their restraints, jerk their head away. Aziraphale doesn't take it personally. I can see you need convincing, he murmurs, and risks raising his head to press a quick kiss to the sharp curve of their exposed cheekbone. He has to jerk his head back to avoid getting headbutted for his forwardness, which he supposes is fair. It's a little awkward to stand back up fully, but worth it to have the excess to undo the flap of his trousers and free his cock from his pants, damp from how much he's been leaking without notice. He tucks the dildo free of their cunt, which makes them squirm and grunt and sets it aside. A dollop of loop gets smeared to the head of his cock, and then he lines himself up and gently presses against a hot, flushed opening. They shriek behind the gag, but they've apparently learned at least some lessons and restrain their flailing to their arms to avoid inadvertently helping him inside. Don't worry, he soothes and fumbles with the base of the anal plug to turn on the vibration. This earns him another shriek, albeit this one more shocked than angry. I'm not going to fuck you, he clarifies. Not yet. How crass. I still have some convincing to do, don't I? That's something to be worked up to. I'd like to see if I can get you begging to be felt again, but this time by me. Their legs are long enough that he can hook their knees over his shoulders and still have plenty of room to maneuver without having to commit to penetration. They attempt to jerk their legs from their new rests, but he grabs them by the front of the shins to hold them still. How's the vibration? He asks conversationally and tips his own hips up to rub the length of his cock up through the groove of their labia. He lingers at their clit, nudging his stiff, leaking cockhead against it over and over. It's a delicious tease for himself, and likely for them as well. Not too much, I hope. Or, oh, well, too little either. The goal is the few sensation. We'll get you worked back up nice and slow. He drags his cock back down and presses the head against the hot gif of their slippery hole. I'm sure you know most of the nerve endings of the vagina are concentrated around the entrance. That beyond poking about for the places where the glands of the clitoris extends, penetration feels good primarily due to stimulation of the opening. 
And with the plug providing quite a bit of adjacent resistance, well, he presses the head of his cock into them just until the ridge of the glance is swallowed up. He hisses at the exquisite pressure of resistance and faint buzzing provided by the plug. They moan, seemingly despite themselves, and buck up reflexively to chase the sensation. Aziraphale sways with the motion to keep just the tip lodged inside and laughs breathlessly. Then he sets up a slow rocking motion, pulling the head of his cock out and then popping it back in over and over, letting his chin rest on his chest so he can appreciate the lurid peep show. They are so tight, so hot, so slippery with a rouser. And they're huffing and puffing now, wriggling like a fish on hook as they continue their futile attempts to fight him. Though at the moment he couldn't say if they're fighting to get him off or further in to a more satisfying depth. Oh, darling, you're simply divine. He pants. His banked arousal is flaring up, hot and out of control, stoked by the sweet crep of their cunt and the cheeky buzzing of the toy. He has to pull out in self-defense and switch to rubbing up between their slick lips, rudely butting against their clit. I'm already so close. Do you see what you do to me? What you drive me to? Cunning thing, I don't think I could ever forget you now. It makes me want to ruin you just as much as you're ruining me. So you'll always crave me, my mouth, my cock, if they don't give you to me. Do you think you'd become so desperate that you'd ask for me? Back to be given back into my care? They are starting to tremble again, breathing becoming harsh. Not deep yet, not close, but well on their way. Aziraphale chuckles and resumes feeding just the tip of his cock into them, watching as their cunt, openly tripping now, greedily swallows him up, relishing in the way he's meeting less resistance now on the thrust in, but more as he pulls out. Yes, he breathes, that's it. You can't help it, can you? Wanting me to go deeper, to fill you up. Beg me, and I might just be tempted. I shouldn't be doing even this much. I'm breaking so many rules for you, my dear. But they might not begrudge me this much, just a taste, a tease. I'm not really fucking you, after all. Not like this. It doesn't count, does it? He pulls back out to rub along the seam of them again, dragging their combined arousal up to smear over their labia and clit, making the fine dark hair crowning the sweet patch of their mons positively glisten. They choke on a sob and buck up into him once before stopping, too worked up and trembling to be truly still, 
but clearly trying to hold back. Do you want more? He croons and presses a kiss to the inside of their knee, rubs soothingly at the taut, shivering muscle of their thighs. All you have to do is show me, and I'll give it to you. I'll give you anything you ask in this moment. Well, almost anything. Their voice cracks on another sob, and they shake their head vehemently. That's all right, Aziwafi reassures and goes back to giving them just the tip, driving them both wild. It doesn't really matter in the end. I'm still going to make you come, he promises sweetly. And he does, without too much more fuss. The relentlessness, the gentleness of the stimulation is too much, just as he'd predicted and planned. He pulls out whenever he himself is getting too close, reduces the sensation and chances arousal to the sight of his perception by laser-focusing on his darling tributes every flinch and shudder. The double-edged sword of having a clitoris, he thinks vaguely, must be that everything becomes so concentrated, so inescapable, with enough patience and ingenuity. They sob through it, shaking and trembling against him, the mouth of their cunt desperately trying to suck him further in with shuddering pulses. There you are, see, falling apart so easily for me, with nothing but a tease of the real thing. It must be maddening for you right now, so empty, clenching around almost nothing. Do you want me to give you more? I'd love to fill you up, give you what you need. Oh, darling, won't you let me? He implores, still rocking in and out, making them for all their worth. With a high-pitched keen, they break and tip their hips up in blatant invitation. Aziraphir groans and shoves all the way in with one thrust. They are so tight, so slippery hot. The shock of it, combined with the relentless buzzing of the anal plug, is almost enough to send him over the edge, and he cries out as he fumbles a hand down to turn it off. Oh, God, he moans, you exquisite! Thank you, thank you, my dear thing. I treat you so well, my darling, my precious pet. He folds them nearly in half as he squeezes their legs closer to his chest and bends forward and strains to pepper kisses all over their face. Their breath is sticky with suppressed sobs and they keep trying to turn away, but he pursues them with patient devotion, anointing their flushed cheekbones, the damp spots of the gag and hood over their mouth and eyes, the stiff clench of their jaw with insistent presses of his lips. I'll keep you so well, he promises fervently, angling his hips so the soft pat of flesh above his cock will press and catch against their clit.
They'll simply have to let me keep you. Don't worry, I won't take no for an answer. And I'll make you so happy. Why, I imagine, you'll even come to love me in time. His declarations spark a renewed fire in them. They snarl and instead of passively trying to turn their face away, rear back like a snake ready to strike. Aziraphale takes the hint and leans well away, slowly regaining his feet. Poppet, if you want more, I'm happy to give it to you, he chides. You don't have to ask so rudely. He shrugs their legs off his shoulders so he can reach for their tits again. He plucks and rubs at the scant flesh and rosy nipples almost idly as he starts up a short, snapping motion with his hips. The rocking of the sling robs him of much leverage, making it more of a bump and grind than a thrust, but that's what he wants. He's still too worked up to give them a good pounding without everything ending too quickly, and he still has plans for them. Isn't this so much nicer, he goats, a real flesh and bloodcock to fill you up instead of an impersonal toy. And you just look so pretty, stuffed full of me. He glances down reflexively at his own words and for the first time gets a good look at the bare skin of their hips. Oh, he exclaims, and his hand automatically darts down to reverently touch the edges of the tattoo on their hip. A snake twined around a bright, fleshy apple, lasciviously sucking down its juices. You're... He starts and then cuts himself off, jerking his hand away like he's been burned. A sensation like falling fills his chest, his head, and he sways into them before clutching the hips like a lifeline to maintain his balance. So sorry, he blurts automatically before clamping his lips firmly shut. Good lord, he needs to get a hold of himself. It's just that it's been a while since he's been so thoroughly judged out of a scene, let alone one he's been so deeply immersed in. His partner, his cheeky serpent from the wall, makes a slurred, inquisitive sound. I, oh, yellow, I suppose, he says. He moves to step away, but they make a startled noise and attempt to lunge at him, free hand reaching for him and thighs pinching inward to grip as much as they can within the confines of the restraints. No, oh, of course, if that's what you want, he says, and gives their thighs a reassuring pat. It's a lot of work to keep his voice pitched low, to preserve even that much of the persona he assumes in the Forbidden Fantasies grotto. It's just, well, I recognize your tattoo. Gave me a bit of a start, that's all. The information doesn't appear to hit them for a long moment, 
and he continues to pat at their thighs as they breathe heavily and process. Then, with a jerk, they attempt to sit up in the sling and fall back. A shrill of words trips up and down several octaves behind the gag, and they flail their arms a bit before pointing at him emphatically, and then curl their fingers into an approximation of a hole. Yes, yes, the Kabushiri encounter, he confirms, a little bemused by the manic quality of the energy. Hello again. Um, do you want me to remove the gag? Should we discuss? They cut him off with an emphatic thumbs down, and then fumble with a stoplight remove in their other hand, so the green circle on the display screen blinks an affirmative three times. This is followed by a rather awkward gyration of the hips, which, given he's gone completely soft in the intervening time, nearly completely dislodges him. And he has to grip them still by the hips quite firmly to stay seated. Yes, all right, point made, he concedes a little testily. You're quite all right to continue. I am too, by the way. I just thought, given your desire for anonymity... Oh, bugger all, never mind. I'm green too, if you are. They flop limp in the sling dramatically in pantomimed relief, and Aziraphale can't help the silly thrill of affection that sings through him. He has done a lot of work to curate his reputation at the club, but most of that is biowed by his performances outside the forbidden fantasies grotto. His softer approach isn't as popular in here, and it's rare that he receives such enthusiasm, never mind meeting someone who obviously desires a repeat encounter. He channels the feeling back into the scene and drops his voice further to say, Sweet thing, see? I knew I would have you begging for me before long. His serpent shudders and shifts on his grip, testing its strength. With a deliberate toss of their head, they clench their fists tight and do their best to enunciate through the gag something that ends up sounding like but gets the point across all the same. Aziraphale tweaks a nipple in punishment for the cheek, and the resulting shriek and struggle and thrill of sinking back into the scene is enough to bring him back to full hardness. With that much of a breather, he's calm enough to be able to grab the back of one of their thighs for leverage, withdraw completely, and then plunge back in with a lazy grind to their pelvis. For that, I think, I won't fuck you properly yet, he declares, and sets about repeating the maneuver, setting a slow, torturous rhythm that teases more than it builds anything. They hiss through the gag and try to anger their hips away every time he pulls out, which just gives him the satisfaction of easily pulling them back into position to thrust in again. When they stop fighting him so ardently, he switches back to a grinding thrust, staying buried in their heat, 
letting them fear the combined fullness of his cock and the plug, and only pulling out just enough that they can fear the movement of it, the catch and drag against their walls and sensitive opening. I think I'm ready to make you come again, he says with casual confidence, and leans over to retrieve and put back on the finger vibrator. He smears loop over the knob tip and flicks the vibrator on to its highest setting. The buzz is loud and aggressive, and they stiffen in his hold. Shall I push you up and over quickly, or let it build? he asks, and lightly taps his finger against their mons just above their clad. They jerk and whine at the touch, the vibration strong enough that even an indirect touch must feel like a lightning strike. He chuckles darkly and taps a few more times without any predictable rhythm, even as he keeps the grinding thrusts of his cock steady and slow. The combination drags them up an inevitable rise, literally kicking and screaming as they writhe against him in protest. When he judges they are good and worked up, he toggles the vibration down to nearly the lowest setting, smears on more loop, and begins to pat their clit directly in time with his thrusts. There! Isn't this a nice place to be? I'll bet you're feeling nice and warm and tingly and absolutely desperate for more, aren't you? He holds the vibrator still against the right side of the clit for several heartbeats, watching the arousal flush bleed across their chest, the bellowing of their ribcage deepen in intensity. Gorgeous, look at you, such a slave to your body's needs. A nice fat cock and a bit of a tingle and you turn to putty in my hands. He lifts his finger and grins at the way they hiccup a whine and try to twist away. Oh, come now, I think we should be past this, shouldn't we? He presses the vibrator against the left side of their clit. Sweat is beading on his brow with how difficult it is to hold back his thrusting to such a devastatingly sedate pace, keeping the fire he's building properly stoked. They wail and pant and arch up into the vibrator, and he has to pull it away much more quickly this time. Ah, uh ah, -uh, not quite yet. You're not properly desperate for it. I want to hear you moan for it, my dear. I want you to back me properly, like a good little pet. My little pet. He delicately brushes the tip of his finger over their clit, like he's tickling under the chin of a kitten, or perhaps a sweet snake in their case. They are choking back groans, trembling in an effort to keep still, but he can see their nipples drawing up deliciously tight. He reaches up to bust the tips of each briefly. You're so ready for it. I can see it. It's written all over your body. 
You want to come so badly, don't you? All you have to do is ask. They jerk their head weakly, no, but when he brings his hand back down, they're already lifting their hips in search of his finger. Instead, he turns up the vibration again to a high whine and slips his finger in alongside his cock to press and rub right up against the spongy tissue just behind the clit. They practically levitate off the sling. They clench up so tight, so quickly. A garbled moan catches and squeaks in their throat. Oh, fuck! Xerophile gasps, not immune to either the vibrator or how stunning they look hooked on his finger and cock, fighting their own body as he drags them closer and closer to the edge without letting them tip over. He pulls his finger out after barely 30 seconds, leaving both of them panting and struggling for control. So beautiful, he breathes. Despite himself, his thrusts are getting a touch deeper, a bit faster. Oh, you were made for this. Made to be trussed up and pleasured for your own good. For the greater good. Oh, you could power a thousand suns with how exquisitely you come, couldn't you? Let me do that for you, darling. Let me make you come. Just say the word. He hovers the vibrator over their clit, close enough that if they tip their hips up, it just brushes the edge. They are huffing deep, desperate breaths now, moans eking out just as fast as they can tend them down. They keep jerking their hips up and then flinching away, like a moth close enough to cinch their wings. Aziraphale presses quick and hard three times against their mons before pulling away. Come on now, be a good little pet, he grunts, feeling the tightness building deep in his belly that means his own orgasm is quickly becoming inevitable. Ask me nicely. An enraged howl rips from their throat, furious and broken, and then melts into a full-throated, sobbing moan. Their hips lift up, searching, and their back arches, presenting their stiff-peaked, flushed breasts, and they positively writhe. Oh, dear God, Zirafi gasps. Yes, darling, yes. Oh, what a good puppet, such an obedient pet. You deserve this every moment of it, and I'll give it to you, as promised. He rubs tender circles around their clit, letting the vibration do its work and shove them over the edge. They cry out, deep and rhythmic, and their whole body jerks as they come in long, seemingly endless pauses. Yes, yes, beautiful, Xerophil praises and drinks it in, feeling the warm rush in his own body beginning to froth up. Oh, my precious thing, one more, I need one more from you. 
to feel you make me dry as I come. With trembling hands, he transfers the sheath of the vibrator from his forefinger to thumb. Then he seizes them by the flanks, presses his thumb firmly to the underside of their clit, and begins to pound into them for all he's worth, using the sway of the sling and gravity to bring them down onto his straining cock with shuddering force. Their cries run back into shrieks, and they are practically convulsing with each thrust, as he shoves them without finesse, past overstimulation, back into punishingly acute sensation. Come on, come on, he hisses between clenched jaws. Sweat is dripping down his elbows inside his shirt, the back of his collar is sodden. He feels like he's flying. His orgasm is rushing up on him with the force of a gale. Let go, darling. Let it happen. Let me ruin you. Let me, please, oh, oh, come for me. Please, please. And then he is tumbling into the rush of it, thrusts devolving into something more jerky and grinding. He gasps in deep breaths and forces himself to refocus on a sweet serpent. They are openly sobbing, body a trembling mess, flinching away from him and the vibrator more than they are seeking it, but still seeking it all the same. He quickly repositions his thumb to a less abused side of their clit and fumbles a hand up to grasp one of their nipples and tuck hard before crossing to give the other the same treatment, trusting the diversion of attention and sensation to trip them like a circuit breaker. With a cut-off gasp, they arch into a rectus, breath stopping completely for a long moment, before they break and scream hoarsely in muffled time with the clenching shocks of the forced orgasm. They break beautifully with it, the gag sucking shallowly into their mouth with how hard they are sucking down breaths, muscles bulging and tendons straining. Aziraphale holds them there for a torturous moment before he starts ramping down the vibration and shifting his thumb further away from their clit by degrees, trying his best to bring them back down slow enough to wring out every last shudder without pushing them to signal red. The guttural screams eventually blow themselves out, leaving them weeping quietly, and Aziraphale takes this as a signal to stop. He quickly drops the vibrator onto the spare stool and gathers them up in his arms, walking forward to tip the swing up enough, they are mostly draped against his chest, head lolling on his shoulder. His cock finally slips free in the process, and he grimaces at the wet feeling, far less sexy post-climax. They're now all done, he soothes, and alternates between rubbing soothing circles into their back and cupping them firmly by the back of the neck. You did so well. You can relax now. It's all over. 
He keeps up the murmured litany of reassurance and praise, and for a time they just hang limp in his hold, leaking tears and shuddering out sobs. But after a couple of minutes, they turn their face into his neck and attempt to curl into him. Shall I remove the restraints? he asks quietly, and at their pitiful nod sets about doing so. It's a bit awkward one-handed, but only because his attention is hyper-focused on the warm body attempting to burrow into his chest without the aid of limbs. But eventually he gets their arms free, and they curl around him like a limpet, and it makes it a little easier to take a few careful steps back and release first their ankles and then thighs. When they are completely free, they draw their legs up around his waist and lock them around his lower back, and Aziraphale feels a bit like an ambulatory cuddle toy. He presses a quick kiss to the side of his serpent's head and carefully maneuvers them around the sling so he can lower himself to the floor and lean back against the wall of the rotunda. All right, he murmurs as he reaches for the bucket with the aftercare items. They grumble into his neck something that sounds like an affirmative and squeeze him tight enough he lets out an involuntary squeak. Are you ready for some water? he asks. Instead of answering, they flap a hand at the knot of the gag. Aziraphale deftly undoes the knot and carefully draws the fabric, absolutely disgusting with spit and sweat and tears, away. With a moo of distaste, he drops it onto the floor near the used toys. The lot of it will be collected and cleaned when the area is reset. It takes some cajoling, but he convinces his partner to sit sideways in his lap so he can hand them the water. When he tries to help them bring it to their lips, however, they jerk it out of his grasp. I've got it. They snap in their ruined voice, then visibly wince. I mean, thanks and all. Quite all right, Aziraphale says, a little bruised by the refusal but understanding, and busies himself exacting the cold packs and flannels from the aftercare bucket. There's a wet flannel and a cold compress. Would you like to do the honors, or shall I? They chew on their lower lip for a moment, twisting and untwisting the cap of the water bottle, and then sigh deeply and flop, so their face is once more tucked into a snack. Knock yourself out, they concede with all the grace of a wet cat. Aziraphale indulges himself in a bitchy look, assured they won't see it with the hood still in place but doesn't take it personally. He doesn't know them, really, and after a scene of that intensity and flavor, it's perfectly understandable that they might be feeling the need to reassert their autonomy, desire to cling notwithstanding. Besides, it's his job as part of this encounter to give them whatever they need and nothing less. 
He uses a wet flannel to dab gently at their poor, abused vulva, taking care to avoid directly touching their clit beyond a perfunctory swipe to remove the loop before it can further congeal. The goal right now is simply to get them tolerably comfortable. They'll have a proper bath in the second half of the aftercare package. The flannel is followed by the cold compress, wrapped in a fresh damp flannel so it won't stick. They flinch and hiss at the first touch, but after the initial shock, they arch up into it with a groan, even going so far as to press their hand over his to get the desired angle of contact. Fuck, that's nice. They breathe against their neck, then Aziraphale stoutly ignores the goosebumps it raises and simply hums in reply. They sit slumped against the wall and each other for a long while, each taking sips from their own water bottles while the cold compress steadily warms up and Aziraphale's feet progressively go numb. Do you need anything else? He murmurs finally when he feels them start to collapse more heavily against him, breath deepening like they might be starting to fall asleep. They are due for a nap, but first they have an appointment with a warm bath and a fresh set of comfortable clothes. Aziraphale wistfully thinks how nice it would be to accompany them through the process, but that hood needs to come off sooner rather than later, and he'd pre-agreed to the encounter remaining anonymous. Besides, all he really needs for his own peace of mind is to know that all the rest of the care will take place. Anything more would be an indulgence. They startle back awake and then remain quiet for a long moment before they poke lightly at his chest and fiddle with one of the buttons of his shirt. This was good, they say, voice subdued. Really good. Exceeded expectations, if I'm being quite honest. This and... The other time. Could I... Can I connect with you with the... The thingy? You know, the special part of the app they have for this place. So you can stay anonymous, but still send each other messages and invites. Aziraphale blinks and feels his heart skip traitorously in his chest. The Annan play chat? Are you sure? Don't sound so surprised. They gripe and shift restlessly in her slap. Exceeded expectations, remember? And I have a lot of ideas that would be challenging. Haven't ever found someone I thought they might work with before. Not going to pass up a golden opportunity like this. Oh! Aziraphale says, feeling a bit like someone's bludgeoned him over the head. Jolly good. Yeah, jollied me more than good. That's my point, they declare, sounding testy. So what are you in? Can I send you a connection request? 
he exclaims, and then has to actively search for more words. He is glad to note he's still reflexively rubbing their back, still fulfilling his duty of care, even with as flummoxed as he's feeling. I would be delighted, honored, to to play with you again. I don't... He licks his lips and confesses. I don't often find partners who enjoy my style. And you, oh my dear, you were wonderful, absolutely top-notch. I enjoyed myself immensely. The way they suddenly go boneless against him makes him aware of just how stiff they'd grown over the course of the conversation. Belatedly, he realizes that his small internal crisis might have come across as reluctance. He hugs them closer, presses his cheek to the top of their head. I'm afraid you rendered me speechless in a vast of ways, he says, infusing his voice with all the warmth and excitement that's tentatively beginning to bloom in his chest. Maybe not in the best of ways, they murmur, sly and teasing. Aziraphale wishes, with a sudden fervency that shocks him, that he had permission to kiss them outside of the scene. He supposes he could ask, but it feels a little pushy in this time when they are both still so raw and vulnerable especially since he can't say in good conscience that it's something he needs, only something he wants with an intensity that's a bit spooky. So he settles for another half-hug and one final inquiry about their needs, which is brushed off with an insouciant wave of their hand. Then he does the responsible thing and helps them to their wobbly feet, gets them propped up on the stool and signals for an employee to take over and guide them to their pre-booked aftercare suite. They let him hold their hand during the short wait. Now that he's paying attention, the rest of the rotunda room is suspiciously silent. Goodness, are we the last ones here? His darling serpent grins and lends a light, backhanded smack to his chest. Quit fishing for compliments. He rolls his eyes about to protest, but then the employee rounds the edge of the stall, a giant fluffy rope and fresh bottle of water in hand, and takes over. They toddle away, hand tucked into the attendant's arm for guidance, looking decidedly bow-legged in a way Aziraphale isn't too proud to admit makes him preen with satisfaction. They raise an arm in a sloppy salute as they round the corner, and Aziraphale reflexively waggles his fingers in reply before feeling quite silly about it. They still can't see, for goodness sake but the implications of the encounter quickly reassert themselves, and he indulges in a self-congratulatory punch to the air. He will be seeing them again. He's sure of it now. The End 